0: Can I call you Dr. Daniela Eliasov? or, or how, what I think do you that's prefer? That's a bit long.
1: <laughs> it's really going to use up half your podcast.
0: <laughs> Daniela, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you are pleasure. a doctor. Let's just uh, get that straight for the record. Yes, so, it's the last um,
1: time I checked, yes. With your own
0: practice, how's it going? And um, how has 2022 treated you?
1: So, practice wise, been really busy. I think um, COVID caused a bit of a yeah, a, a bit of a disaster in terms of mental health. So. I'm still seeing a lot of the aftermath of that. Um, And and I think just mental health in general, people are needing help. Um, I think there's a bit of a shortage of psychiatrists at the moment. And so, yeah, I've been really, really busy, but can't complain.
0: Um, As a psychiatrist, is it sometimes quite draining? You know, because you are dealing with people all the time and they're sort of unloading on you. I know that some of them are are unwell. Some uh, come to you because this is how it is but is it, is it mentally draining at times
1: it is it, it's, but that's partly what i love about it. Is it's so challenging because you know if you are a surgeon and you're just kind of fixing uh, a broken bone or a, a ruptured bowel you you're kind of mechanically putting things back together which is great but then when i'm dealing with the brain i'm dealing with people's uh, kind of their, their their souls in a way yeah um, and their lives and then what Like their meaning in life and i'm also dealing with medical problems so you know head injuries thyroid problems um sleep problems and i'm dealing you know so i'm dealing with the kind of medical stuff plus looking at the person in a more sort of holistic way so your brain has to work really really hard when treating someone because there's just so many things to consider um but it's but i love it so so yes draining that i come home from work i'm exhausted but I really love it because it never—it can't be boring. Like there's never a dull moment. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean yeah. you're a superhuman. We'll we'll get into what kind <laughs> of a superhuman you are, but um, with with your practice, um, you know, I see here you you uh, you talk about holistic patient care and and that sort of thing. And I know uh, the brain and everything else comes into this, but you made such an interesting point there. Through COVID, mental health has been sort of. Cast into the spotlight, and you, you said there's not enough psychiatrists in South Africa dealing with it. Are we a country in, in trouble with mental health, or is it a case of how we deal with it? Because for me, who knows very little about it, but I'm trying to get people to speak about mental health because it's okay to talk to people. You must talk to people, especially in a, a society that is so like, oh, if you can see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, there's something really mm-hmm. wrong with you, and, and we're a cowboys don't cry mm-hmm. nation. Is it something that we definitely need to address in a better way, in your opinion, as a professional?
1: So if I I look, I mean, you know, if you just look at the news in the UK, I mean, I think they've got their mental health crisis as bad as ours, if not worse. Their access to mental health care services is even worse. I've got patients immigrating. I mean, obviously, we get a lot of people immigrating and I stay in contact with them and see a lot of them are actually seeing me. They carry on seeing me because they just can't get to a psychiatrist, especially in the UK. I know that Europe, there's like a long waiting list. Yeah. So I can't say we actually have the worst, Okay. you know, everyone likes to say South Africa, are we behind and everything? Mental health, I don't actually think so. Oh, well, it's good to know. Um, and I've had patients flying in from, from the UK to get admitted and treated here wow. just because they say it's just... Yeah, so we actually like in you know a word in defence of South Africa, oh, good, <laughs> good. South Africa. Like yeah, um, in terms of specialist qualifying, I mean, when I was writing exams, I mean a good s- sixty percent would fail, and then not every year they're qualifying psychiatrists. A lot will be immigrating, so I think that that's maybe the shortage. Sure, but I mean to speak to your points about mental health, and I think COVID, we were all alone with ourselves because well, some of us were like working like crazy, so we were just burnt out and we had mental health problems from that perspective <laughs> <laughs> um, And but I think a lot of people just kind of locked at home with themselves and just unearthed like an absolute zombie apocalypse yeah. of, of pathology but um, in terms of the cowboys don't cry and the you know the de- so many cultures you know South Africa's quite, you know, we've got this multicultural kind of melting pot, but there's a lot of our cultures that are found, you know, found upon or mm. see it as, as kind of nonsense or weakness, or which is changing, and it's actually changing in sport, which is quite lacquer to see. That's great. Um, because if at any one point you come to my waiting room, you will see rugby players, anything from school level to professional. You'll see athletes, boxers, um, MMA fighters you know what I'm saying so I think I think a lot of sports are waking up to the fact that your your mental health is going to impact on your your performance as an athlete um, even as a corporate athlete so you know like as a CEO as a someone in a sort of a high high up position um, even if you're talking about them as a sort of a brain athlete um, people have are waking up to the fact that it's not about weakness and it's not about being nuts or, you know, messed up. It's about, like, if there's a problem, you you know, you take medication. It's like being an anti-vaxxer. You know, why would you not have a vaccine that can prevent you from getting sick? Or if you get sick and you need antibiotics, why would you not take them? It's yeah. like if you have ADHD and you there's medicine for a take it. you know? So I think people are – and it's not actually becoming um, – I'm finding it less of a stigma because I'm finding like this massive oak that's, you know, pro boxes. Like, hey, this is my psychiatrist. She's coming to <laughs> watch my fights on Tuesday. And you're like, so I was, you know, coming there. Like, so how do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, if I'm around, you know, trying not to say I'm actually seeing there was a patient. And they'll announce to, you know, their whole team, hey, this is my psychiatrist. So <laughs> that's I'm brilliant. So like, cool, <laughs> you know. So that, that it's yeah. nice to
0: see that there is a shift happening. Mm. And, and it is athletes that are almost driving this um, sort of message because, we often look at these guys on the screen. We see them for the three rounds that they're in an, an EFC or UFC fight or a rugby match of 80 minutes or 90 minutes on football park, and you go, oh, well, you know, these guys are superheroes. They, they, they're they bulletproof. Yeah. But in actual fact, they're the ones saying, we need to process stuff because there's a lot of pressure at that level. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of pressure. And also, remember, mental health or illnesses, so diabetes, diabetes, um, can affect you know it affects a certain percentage of the population so if you have a certain number of people in the room some of them will have diabetes same thing you have c- gather a certain number of people some will have depression some will have adhd so athletes are, are people like others than just they happen to be under a lot more pressure so you know even more so need to look after their mental health but and i mean the, the one person i, I have to thank a lot is Tyson Fury. Yeah. Because if ever there was a man, if ever there was a A man. A giant
0: man. (laughs) A giant
1: man who is tough as nails and really like rough and just, you know, and uh, when he came out and just sort of spoke about his journey with mental health, I was like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, he's that very picture of of kind of the person you wouldn't think would talk about mental health. So, yeah, thanks Tyson Fury. Yeah, no, I I think... (laughs)
0: Him, a guy like uh, Paddy Pimblitz, yeah. the baddie. His, you know, it's, it's great to see. Yeah. But when when we put the shows together, so just to let you into a little bit of, we do a planning sort of session. And I'll say to Tyler, like, this is who we got lined up. Where can we slot these people in? This is their schedule. And I said, please just uh, Google Dr. Lysov. And she's like, oh, okay, what are you talking about? And I said, no, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. She's like, see us. She used to fight for an MMA. She used to be an EFC fighter. And I'm like, yeah. So I said, exactly. So Tyler was blown away that there's someone like you that can make that transition between being a professional in the medical space as a psychiatrist and being able to turn it on in a hexagon and smash your opponent. Um so you had four fights, uh, professional fights. Do, you, do you, You're you officially retired now, yes. just so that yes, yes, the yes, matchmaker yes. Graham Cartmell doesn't get any <laughs> ideas. I don't hey? get any <laughs> <laughs> <anything. laughs>
1: Look, you know what? You can twist my rubber arm because sometimes I do miss <laughs> it a lot. So like um, if, if Graham finds me and like, hey, uh, we've got a, a an atom weight bout for you in like a really cool destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, the
0: island somewhere. <laughs> yeah, in some like, strange
1: Arctic <laughs> setting. Would I say no? No. Um, well, <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so do you miss? I, I'm sure the the training and the camps you don't miss so much.
1: I love the training, love the camps as in like my team. Yeah, and and I love the training and I. But okay, like the, I mean the part. Yeah, sure. Like like being in camp, you know, a couple of weeks before a fight. Can I say that is the funnest thing in the whole world? No weight cutting. Hell no. Um, but. Yeah, so I suppose that the pressure of those last few weeks of a camp and, and the weight cutting, yeah, sure, could do without that. But once the cage door closed, like, I had such fun in there.
0: So did you so. just go, like, maybe just take us into that sort of, the, you walk out, you get to the cage door, they've done the announcements, you you announced you're there, door slam shut, let's go. What, did you, what are you What are you thinking? Uh, is there a bit of nerves? I mean, are you thinking of the game plan? I mean, because you're an extremely intelligent person, you're a talented fighter, but what are you thinking?
1: So, uh, uh, sure, am I thinking of much? I mean, you know, I found that I used to get nervous for my fights a couple of weeks before, like three, four weeks before I'd have... Jeremy Smith he used to always joke that he's my <laughs> psychologist and, and he needs to <laughs> start billing me because we used to uh, ride together on the Gata into Pretoria to CIT, and on okay. the way back, he, you know, i basically tell him all my you know how stressed i am and he'd have to hear all about like my <laughs> great dramas of my life but shout um, out to him
0: he's done well with a bare yeah, knuckle yeah shout hey? out to him wow. with a bare
1: knuckle he's yeah, he's, he's rocking at the air and he's a pretty good psychologist yeah. as well
0: <laughs> okay. so maybe he can make so, the transition yeah, so, so to when you. i was
1: having like my moments you know sure they had to all hear about it on the train but um and then i found sort of two odd weeks before it was like over i was like i'm ready for this i'm fine i was chilled i was great in my corner Monet was more nervous than me, <laughs> you know, I was like, guys, it's chilled." like, so I didn't really used to get nervous before the fights, and then when I was in there, I think, I think once the first punch was thrown, it was just like, I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm a fish in the sea now, i yeah. in my, <laughs> does
0: it take that first punch, like, either you land it or you take it to yeah, sort of get I think you so, into just that, just to be
1: like, okay, we're here now. And you is know. it
0: true, that the cliché saying that everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face?
1: 100%. Um, <laughs> okay. Except, like, I used to kind of have more of a plan when I got punched <laughs> in the face. I know it's a strange thing to say, but it, it's not just... I think they, if you speak to fighters, um, a lot of them will say, actually, we kind of start getting into the zone. Um, and we... Oh, it's going to sound really weird, but I actually kind Of used to like getting hit in my okay. face <laughs> as weird as that is, but I don't know, like you know, no, but it was, it was like, okay, here I am, we're here, we're in a fight, let's do this, and, and that's what I came here to do. So then, then, then I was happy. Then it's like,
0: I have yeah. a photo, um, of the two of us after either your first fight because you are a pioneer for women's MMA in South Africa. You, you in 2015, it was either the February or the October that I've got a photo. And uh, you, you can't even recognize you. You've taken so many shots. Your face is so swollen. but And you've still got the cornrows in and all that sort of from battle. I mean, that, that, I think you won. No, it was the one you won. It was the one yeah. you won. Yeah,
1: look, I, I think I broke my nose in all my fights. I can't <laughs> really <laughs> tell you which one. I'm going to
0: send you that photo. But it's like <laughs> you don't even recognize you. Mm-hmm. But it just shows, like, you know, the, the amount of damage that you do take in, in these fights. And And I've always wondered the couple of days afterwards seeing patients or thing. did you see patients mm-hmm. or do you have an ice pack on your face? You so no, I did. It? I mean,
1: look, you know, when I first went into private practice, you know, some of the, one of the psychiatrists that I used to work with at with when I was still, um, Registrars so are still specialists in training. They used to say, Yeah, if you carry on with this kickboxing thing, you know, no one's going to want to see you. And you, I eventually decided, like, I had to make the decision. I'm not going to hide what I do no. from my patients because once I joined EFC, I couldn't. I mean, yeah. It was on,
0: no, you were on, board on billboards. Yeah. So I kind <laughs> of
1: had to just own it and be like, This is who I am. And patients who don't want to see me won't see me. And, mo- you know, I don't think I've lost patients because of it. And if I have, that's okay. Like, then they see someone else. I have no, but yeah, like, sort of own it. Decision I've made to actually do. You Know uh, people would tell me I have to choose, yeah. You know, I can't do both. Many of you, over the years, it was always like you, have, like even Monet, and, and as much you know, my coach, as much as he, he at one point did say to me, Why don't you just put your practice on ice robots and actually, f-? but I couldn't, I loved it, no, you know, I didn't want yeah. to, um, and I didn't want to give up MMA, so I had to just kind of own it that I did both. So, if people ask what happened, I look. Makeup's your friend, <laughs> yeah. at least, you know, tons of makeup on, but I mean, I'm not, my patients are not stupid. They can see, they can something see yeah. sweet, you know, my face was bad. Just like I had a fight and most, yeah, so I had to keep going because, you know, I take a bit of time off my practice to obviously do the weigh-in and yeah. the camp. And so I had to, I had patients to see and things to do, so I would just go with my buggly-eyed <laughs> face to work, <laughs> what can I say, yeah?
0: Um I'm always curious because you say that you you practiced and you trained. I mean, what people don't realize is the sacrifices you made during that mm-hmm. time because you would have a full day of seeing patients and then you'd be on the chow train for the night training session and then catch it back, start this process all over mm-hmm. again. How tough was that?
1: No, no that was hectic because there was also a morning session. So I did conditioning by myself because obviously I couldn't then go yeah. to Pretoria. That was in Joburg, though, and yeah, CIT's so, so in Pretoria. Yes, yeah. so in Joburg, um, Scott uh, McIntosh is the condition coach for CIT, so he'd give me my own program to do at home, and I'd like, have some kettlebells and things. I'd do that in the morning and then go to work and then catch the chow train to do the evening session and get home like around nine, after nine. So no, no, it was, that was pretty heavy, yeah. That's mad. Yeah, that, that was that was hectic, yeah.
0: And, and now the famous uh, CIT sparring on Fridays – where you guys broke bread and had a beer afterwards. I mean, without giving too many secrets away there, because I know it's a bit of a sacred space, but is that something that sort of bonded you guys even closer? Because you're a very tight-knit family.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, strange, messed up, but, you know, somebody who will beat you up like that and you just, as they say, more each other in <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, it does, no, of course it makes you closer and and they do it out of love and I know that sounds completely messed up as well but Monet always used to say to the guys, if, if you don't hit her properly, then you're actually not respecting her and you, you, not respecting her as an athlete so you're changing her because she's gonna go in there with a girl who wants to take her head off. Yeah. Um and if you don't hit her, then you are actually messing up her camp. And he used to shout at guys who weren't going hard on me and he just actually like leg kick them. Now I'm can leg kick yeah. you through that ball. <laughs> so it, like yeah, he'd say I'm, I'm gonna leg kick you if you don't actually go so he used to insist that the guys went um, like full full out with me. Um but it, it was done with love and yeah. it was done and consensually yeah, and yeah. you know um, and it, it, yeah and it, it, I used to get annoyed with people who you know if I went to like an open mat or I I swore or someone and they didn't they were being all funny with me I actually get like it's insulting because yeah. you know I'm here to train you're here to train you're I'm a professional, my time now exactly. yeah, like you, why, yeah. why are you wasting my time um, so no those guys did me the courtesy of actually going full for, for out with me um, and and CRT is really, you know, we had such a nice group of guys. Some of them have also retired, you know, um, like the Burskis and, and Michael Opperman. I mean, maybe not officially, but I haven't been around. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, so I mean, all I'm,
0: running their own businesses. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah,
1: So I mean, there's a lot of us that aren't, you know, that aren't sort of training regularly that, anymore. But sure, we had a lovely group. Uh, really, really um, like a family.
0: I can see your fond memories. Do you yeah. sometimes go back? And yeah, you know, so do I the odd like I session or roll. Yeah, okay.
1: S- look, I I can't really train with them now because it's not fair that they're training at, at a level that I'm, my body's just not up to sure. now. You know, because I've been off for so long. But um, but I'm in touch with the guys. Um, yeah, we are still close to them and still. I, mean, I think I'll be friends with them forever.
0: Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know at, at one point you were also involved on sort of the 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 medical commission um for MMA SA or part of that. Um where brain health was a huge focus. Uh, I know it didn't materialize to where it should have been, but do you think there's been some progress in that space? And your coffee is probably ice cold right now. So, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll, let me talk a bit more. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but has that materialized into something now? Are we, are we so, seeing yeah, improvements I, there?
1: Uh, I don't know. Look, it was, that was such a pity because um, I, I had assembled uh, you know i got appointed by MMS as this uh, chairman of the this medical commission which they never had before so just this new thing and got really excited about it took it really seriously got together a group of people who I I don't I mean I think you could say are the the experts in terms of sports medicine um, emergency medicine we sort of looking to kind of how are we going to revamp medical treatment and, and, and in a, a sort of a realistic setting because we know we don't have tons of money like yeah. UFC. To, you know, they really have screening for concussions and things, but, but like fancy stuff. And we yeah. knew we moved we, we, South Africa we need to. So we really um, researched it, looked into the literature, looked into what people were doing overseas, and we came up with like some very lack of protocols for it. But unfortunately, the, the bureaucracy and the, the sort of... I think there's a lot of people involved in the sport that are there for a little bit, maybe for like a power trip or an ego trip. And I think that that was a bit more important than the medical commission. And it turned out that the feeling we got was in the end, they were doing it to just say that they have us, but we're supposed to shut up and sit in the corner and just like look look cool and say like, oh, we've got like, uh, you know, that I'm the head head of this commission. And, oh, we've got Rob Collins, who's the line. Yeah, you had some incredible people there. We've got Evan Speechley. Legends. Who's with IPL, went to the World Cup for rugby. We've got Richard Mulder, who used to run Netcare 911, the helicopter services. Oh, look, there they sit. But, you know, sit quietly and shut up and just be like a a mouthpiece for us. And obviously that was not what was going to happen. EFC were pretty cool about kind of still wanting to adopt some of the protocols we put in place. But there was just so much uh, resistance and so much kind of non-compliance from the the actual um, MMASA structures that it just never worked out. So we did hand over the work that we did. We managed to find EFC some pretty decent, I think over the years they've changed um, event doctors and some have been better than others and there's been You know, so I sort of hooked them up with doctors that I had worked with and some GPs that I knew who were pretty passionate, and and I handed over kind of what I had worked on to them. Um, But can I say there's been massive progress? Look, EFC have tried, but I think it's gotta come from a governing body or a a sort of regulating body, which Sadly, yeah. I, I can't say I think there's been much progress. But okay. that being said, I'm, I'm not really involved. So yeah. yeah.
0: I just think it, it was so promising. And I remember actually interviewing you mm. in your rooms about mm. it because it was uh, a huge step for, for combat sports in South Africa and Africa that there was going to be this sort of panel of experts that mm. could sort of light the way or guide yeah. these, these. But at the end of the day, there's definitely always more that can be done. I know UFC does the best they possibly can. And there's always, I mean, we've seen the setup. It's, it's really impressive. They're always prepared to go the extra mile, oh, yeah. but let's leave it at that. It can Th-
1: always get, yeah. And we I mean, look, it was a pity p- 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 as well, because I got doctors from actually from Sweden looking at a sports physician. They were, and he, actually they wanted it for Sweden.
0: <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you know? they That's amazing. It. So
1: I had people from first world countries looking at this and going, Oh my God, can we use this? And it's, cheaper than what we're doing and it actually is more thorough and can we do this? So it it was just really a pity oh, because it wasn't just, oh, well, you know, we're just Africa, we don't have money so we're going to throw together this little like something. Sweden, where they really, you know, um, they were saying, oh, no, can mind sharing that That's the, the amazing. with them? And, and yeah, so there were there was a lot of interest in the protocol. Boxing was interested in it. Um, so, but I'm like, well, we worked on it so I send it to who wants Templates it. And, there, yeah. exactly.
0: So is that you know you speak about Sweden and I've seen your Instagram uh, and I'm not stalking you by any means but just doing research that's what Tyler calls it Um, Henry Cavill hey Tyler (laughs) anyway um, you go to Scandinavia as much as you possibly can I know you're incredibly busy with your own practice but is that where you find that solace or that disconnect because some incredible I don't even know where you've been (laughs) some incredible place I just see snow I see quiet I see peace
1: I've just fallen in love. Um, there's a particular place. Um, it's an island called Svalbard that not many people have heard. It's actually a country. It's okay. Actually, it's sort of governed by Sweden, um, so by, by Norway, but it's it's actually independent territory. Um, and it's an island. that's about 400 kilometers from the North Pole, so it's above Norway, kind of between Norway and the North Pole. Um, and there's like about 2,000 people living on that island. And there's more polar bears than people. That's that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, and it's it's. And I got, I found it like just because I like reading about like different places, and um, and I thought, no, sure this looks amazing. I'm gonna go, and I literally got, I fell in love. Uh, so I've been going there every year, twice a year sometimes, um, because that that place for me is just, yeah, it's just the most peaceful place. I mean, it's it's freezing. There's you won't see people for days for miles. Um, but I've fallen in love, and I've fallen in love also with dog sledding, as okay. a, like kind of a sport. The, hu- the huskies, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. learning about it. I'm I'm learning. It's so it's there's like for me the most relaxing thing in the world. Um, I go there and and basically there's a team of huskies and you you put your tent, your food, your everything, and they, you go out into the the snow and there's no one around. And I went on a six day trip recently. Um, yeah, just with the huskies and you build your tent and then you carry on it's like a trek with the huskies and for me if there was therapy <laughs> if there was uh, a something that works better than prozac to make you yeah. feel good it, uh, for me that's what it is yeah
0: is it the fresh air the crispness of that sort of coldness and the isolation i suppose it's
1: beautiful it's quiet it's like you'll never ever be more like in you you know it gets you away from just your head and like yeah life and and also being with the, i love animals so um being with those huskies is also just like you build a relationship with so each have you been
0: sledding have you actually been on and yeah yeah, oh, yeah. really so a,
1: yeah so okay six days you have i have like my own team what of do dogs you, yeah. there what do you
0: call you, them a team of huskies well, yeah a team. Have, a, it's okay. a team
1: and it's, it's quite cool because okay. it really is a team because um you you you're kind of equals to them. So you all work together. Okay. And you've got a lead dog who's normally the clever one, the brains of the operation, <laughs> and you need them because you need them to tell you if the ice is too thin to cross over.
0: And they can sense they, that? Yes. No way. I'm
1: telling you they can. And also if if we need to, if some dogs are misbehaving, so the powerhouse is at the back usually and they like, I don't want to be like stereotype, but they're like the big, like le- slightly <laughs> less, like more brawn, not so much brains. Um, and then you've got the one in the front and you and that front dog, you need to have a relationship because you need to talk. And, and if someone at the back's like misbehaving, I tell the, the lead dog, the lead dog actually turns around and gives wow. them a bit of a story. And the next thing they're going, <laughs> um, amazing. and you work together because when you go up a hill, you they can't pull you, you have to push. And they'll shout at you, so they'll like. You can hear them look at you when they need a bit of help. Then you know they're looking at you. Maybe you need to push a little bit. Um, so you, you like. Uh, they're athletes. You're an athlete. You're in a team. It's kind of like your team, and they need you, and you need them. And your job is to feed them, and their job is to pull. And they, wow. when you need to push, they will indicate that you must push. That's amazing. Right.
0: But it's not you by yourself and your team, no. right? So it's you don't head with into the wilderness no, 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 like no, no, no. big so girls, like <laughs> so, so. Is that what you're aspiring to?
1: Do just one race, like okay. I'm not something like this—the Iditarod, which is thousands of miles and it's like days. And I, I mean, I'm not like, but I would, I would at some point like to do just like a day race or something. Okay. Um, but I, have got there's someone that in, in Svalbard who's got a. This is what he does. He's actually raced the Datterod, um with these dogs. They've done that that race. So he, yeah, it's his teams, and he'll go with him, and then maybe there'll be another group or another person and um, there was someone from the Norwegian army when I went last time lovely guy who also was with us um, so I've met like very interesting That's people so on cool. those trips yeah and um, and we go together, but your team, and if your team and you don't get on, like I, there was once a lady there who was just not vibing with the dogs, they were like saying, screw you, and like going that <laughs> way. And she was like, we have to go vet And like, no, no. You, so you, you, have you have to be could vetted by your team. If your <laughs> dogs do not <laughs> <laughs> want to. No, so you bite, like you like, you actually sort of, it's, it's a proper rubber sport. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So
0: this could be another calling for you. Mm. Clearly is. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Mm, so You're going to have to, yeah, next time you do it, please, we want videos, we want photos. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, works Look,
1: I take tons of photos, but then the problem is your batteries freeze. What? So Yeah, so you, you can take pictures for a few days, and then because it's, like, minus 40. Oh, wow, so okay. I went out with a photographer last time, um, and his, his, some of his camera lenses um, cracked. Batteries will freeze if you take them. The only thing you can just put, like, a battery pack, like, in your, like, shirt, like, inside, yeah. so it keeps it warm. But uh, after a while, if you just take it out, it's minus 40, it just...
0: Oh, that's yeah, incredible.
1: Yourself. So you end up without electronics after oh, okay. a little while, yeah. All right,
0: it's so you're going to have to work that one out at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's fascinating. Where else do you like going? Because obviously this is now a, a, a passion project and it's something that's very close to your heart, but where else have seen other parts of the world that you've traveled? Do you have any sort of favorite places?
1: So, I mean, that, that was, I would say top of the list. I mean, I've been to Greenland, which is amazing, but then wh- another place I've been that like most people don't know about but also up there um is bhutan that was i don't know if you've heard of it i, I have heard of B- yeah, bhutan so yeah it's like never been though but it's it's yeah it's like a place not many people have been but that was it just also like out of it's world. quite like I'm remote so. hey? yeah, yeah.
0: so it's, there's a trend here <laughs> yes and
1: there's a trend, <laughs> <laughs> there's a trend. Yeah, yeah yeah remote but like completely different and
0: hot and humid or
1: um it's in the mountains. Okay, so, so yeah, cold, extremes. It, yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's only like a, when the plane landed, I I thought, well, my life's been good until now, and you know, I've lived a good life. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> really, that bad? Because
1: the runway is in a mountain. Like it like looks like you you're gonna die. Like it looks insane. They don't have the whole countries like this on a mountain. Wow. So the runway is like between two mountains, and you just see this mountain like flashing past your window. The whole plane turns upside down, and you're like. Okay. cheapest. It's been good. Yeah. And then it's sort of, and they can't land if there's clouds. So your planes are delayed for, you just go there in the morning and like you take off when you take off because they're like, no, there's a cloud. We can't. So
0: you wait and. Because apparently
1: the equipment can't, I don't know enough about planes to explain this, but I know that, you know, now planes kind of land themselves a lot and, the equipment can't work because it's between mounts. They actually have to visualize. Yeah. The pilot has to visualize um, the landing and the the takeoff. So if there's clouds, they can't.
0: I hope these are the most the best paid pilots I'll in the world. I would
1: imagine they know like, what they're doing because hell. <laughs> um, but if they cannot see perfectly, they, they won't t- do the landing or the takeoff. So you you will just lie. I spent the day in the airport waiting for a cloud to move. And some idiot American woman goes, when is the cloud going to move oh. to the, to the ground stop? <laughs> and I was like, lady, are you serious? Like, how oh, the hell does this poor man know when the cloud is going <laughs> to move? Like, do you want to die or do you want to just have a cup of coffee? Okay,
0: wait? so, so the approach and landing is scary. What is the takeoff <laughs> like?
1: So, well, the takeoff, I mean, you, you have to go from like India or from... Oh, I see. There. So, yeah. So okay. you, you have to catch a flight. Usually. No,
0: no, no. I meant once you land oh, once, in Bhutan. Yeah. With this incredible mountains and dodgy and the radars, like the yeah, and taking off, leaving. Same story. Okay, so no, you no, wait no, for no, the cloud no, to no. move. Yeah, so
1: the, when, I was, when I went home, I had to, I just, you kind of have to assume that your last day is just you're going to sit in the airport until the cloud moves.
0: Is it a decent airport?
1: It's not a very exciting okay. airport. So you <laughs> must <laughs> just sit there and wait for the cloud to move.
0: <laughs> um, Daniela, so what's, what's uh, next on the travel list? I mean, you must have, uh, you clearly are someone who. Who looks forward to these adventures? What's next on the on the bucket list of travel?
1: So I've got Japan coming up in January. Very nice. Um, and then for next year, I'm, I'm dying to go to Turkmenistan. Um, they haven't opened yet from COVID, because um, that's kind of like a weird, almost North Korea vibe. But yeah. Cooler, looking. Um, and then Uzbekistan, I want to go. Yes, yeah, so I've got like so many places. I Do you throw a
0: dart at a world map? Because <laughs> no. most people are like, I'm not going to Turkmenistan. Where is that? You know, is that in Africa? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, But uh, I'm just fascinated how you come across these sort of places.
1: I like to read a lot. And yeah. I like to just read about travel and read about the world. And then I just read about something. And also, I love Islamic architecture. So Uzbekistan, um, I, like, uh, I went to Iran and I had... I mean, I, it's also one of my like top, uh, my top seven for sure is Iran because the architecture is amazing and Uzbekistan, um, it looks amazing from that perspective. Turkmenistan is just it looks like almost an alien world, and I just need to see it. That's okay. <laughs> <So, yeah.
0: laughs> no, awesome. Um, uh, n- so we've now confirmed that your fight career is done, right? But in terms of that sort of bringing it back to sort of a mentoring, coaching sort of thing would you be in that sort of space to sort of speak to uh, women and girls who are thinking about MMA? Because there certainly is a career to be had out of MMA. Is it, is it something that you would be open to as a, as a not a coach, but more as like a mental coach?
1: So, I mean, I'm, I do a bit of coaching and I am, you know, that's sort of my new thing going forward is boxing coaching, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much, you know, people always think that for some reason because I was the, woman pioneer of MMA that I want to now help but um, strangely just think that's maybe a bit sexist like Mm, I don't mind coaching guys and actually mostly have been coaching um, guys and and I'm trying to sort of get my up my game with boxing coaching at the moment and that's sort of where I've been and mentoring a little bit because boxing as
0: in the technical coaching or just the oh okay yeah all
1: right. Yeah. You
0: clearly love boxing.
1: Yeah. I've so. seen
0: you've done the fight with Insight stuff, which is the inner city of Joburg with, uh, we actually did a thing for Laureus where we did a walk. That was amazing. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, Because yeah, it looked at like you on this, these amazing yeah, uh, wow. inner Yeah, wow. Going through yeah, part yeah. of Joburg
0: that you would never go because it's just too dodgy, you know. Um, but what the work that they're doing there, that, that clearly speaks to you.
1: I, I mean, that, that what they're doing there is incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Saturday morning runs are through all those dodgy parts of Hill Brown, you know, but actually, you know, really fun and it's a really great, um, great, it's an amazing program. The architecture some, yeah, and yeah, oh, and it's the history, incredible. It's actually there. Like really, I mean, Nelson yeah. Mandela's
0: practice, you know, it's amazing.
1: It's, and, and Luke Lamprecht, I mean, he knows the history of that yeah. area and he can tell you stuff you've, I like, I work in that area, so and I was coaching at five with Inside Drive every day and you drive past stuff that you don't actually realize of what historical significance yeah. it is. Um, but they, they do amazing work there. And what, where I've sort of become more involved is, because I have been I was involved there, it's probably been about four or five years when I started to get involved. The guys that I was coaching at that time and helping, and actually at that point I was helping them with, we were doing a little bit of MMA to cross train. Okay. They're now, they've grown up and they've sort of, Graduated through that program, and mm. now they're all finished school. and um, And there's a couple of them that I've been mentoring in terms of kind of their studies and their boxing careers, and helping them out and sort of transitioning between amateur and pro with boxing. And that's sort of where I've seemed to be finding my place with the boxing coaching. It's sort of the late amateur, early pro kind okay. of uh, yeah um, areas. So I'm hoping to yeah to keep keep up with that so next it fuels year. Fuels the fire, hey? Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Uh, Daniela, thank you for coming in. Uh, You've got an incredible story. And we could speak for many hours, but Tyler's going to shout at me um, because we only pay for a certain amount of time in the studio. Um, No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But I just want to say, keep up the amazing work because I I don't think, especially in the mental health side of things, that psychiatrists, psychologists get enough credits and recognition. Thank you. Because it is such a, a... it's a difficult space at the moment with COVID, with anxiety, with blackouts, with all sorts of things. Uh, keep up the amazing work and we can't wait to see what the boxing coaching brings in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please, when you go with your team of Huskies and you are trekking across the ice for several days, please let us know. We I want will. to follow that I closely. Will do. Cool. Thank you so much.